You're listening to The Marketing Trench, the official podcast where no real estate professional gets left behind in the pursuit of building a business they can be proud of. A podcast designed to help you build the foundation of a powerful real estate career. Join real estate experts Ricardo Bueno, Marketing Technology Director at West, Dustin Stevie, CEO of Lighthouse Escrow, and Scott Shang, partner at Bywise Mortgage and founder of Find My Way Home, as they bring you real-world strategies, marketing ideas, and solutions straight from the trench. <laughs> I don't even know what you're laughing about. <laughs> Welcome to the Marketing Trench Podcast. Today, we're going to dig into the topic of identifying who you are uh, as a person who's one of many. And this is going to be a bit of a work in progress because uh, we were talking about this episode prior to recording, and we've got a lot of sort of diverse thoughts on this. But the, the gist is, this is a great episode for people who are they're in a marketplace where there's you know they're treated like a commodity. There's many of them. Um, they want to stand out. Maybe they're feeling a bit wandering and lost in you know their sense of what makes them unique. Um, and you know, there are lots of coaches out there that come at you with the usual sets of questions, right? Like what's your unique value proposition? And I mean, my personal feeling is that's the absolute wrong place to start. Scott, I'm going to toss this over to you first and just say, you know, you've, you've done this for quite a long time, um, because you're really old. (laughs) I was going to say, what is this knife? I've just been around for a while. Uh, You've, you've, you have managed... You've managed to distinguish yourself through uh, multiple market cycles. Um, you've built a great reputation. You're actually about to go give a talk uh, at a conference about building your brand. And I'm, I'm curious to know, as someone who's a mortgage professional, there are lots of people like you. What are some of the steps you have taken throughout your career to begin identifying like what made you unique? What questions have you found to be valuable? What questions have you sort of steered away from based on experience? First of all, I have to say I'm extremely impressed by your young, fresh mind because uh, that was a really that was a really good question and a really valid question. Um, that was actually a really, really good question and a really good setup. and And it reminds me um, when I started doing a lot of speaking and kind of talking about what we were doing and what we were successful with. Um, people were kind of shocked. I would go up on stage and I would say with, with being online and being on the internet, um, you have no competition. And the reason for that is because nobody is you. And, and I think the single most important part about, um, any business is being genuine and not trying to keep up with the Joneses, but keeping up with yourself and what are your interests? What are your values? Um, what are your, Maybe special skill sets. Maybe you'd like to be on video, but even more importantly, and Ricardo has seen this because we've been on the same circuit and doing these conferences, the single most successful people, they like gardening or they like wine. You know, and they, they, they like, and that's the stuff that they talk about. They talk about the things that they're passionate about and their sphere of influence and their influence as a whole comes from what personally interests them, what they're passionate about. And then the profession that you're in is almost secondary. And, and I think what happens is too many people try to listen to where the Joneses are walking and then follow in those footsteps. But what I always tell people is if you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, your best case, your best possible outcome is that you become a Jones. 
right? And you don't want to be a Jones. You want to be a Smith and go the other direction. Oh, interesting. Okay. So let's talk about, first of all, in, in your specific case, right? I would say that you're this data marketing guy who, I mean, when you're in your own space and doing your own thing, you have your own free time. That's what you're reading about. That's what you're thinking about. You're looking at Facebook. You're looking at other trends that are emerging. Is that a fair characterization? First of all, no, I, what, what I'm, what I'm exploring is, is I'm exploring how to communicate better with people where they, where they're at. And, okay. and that's, that's what that's I'm trying to, big I'm, project. I'm trying to, right, right. I, I think it's important to understand the communication channels because those communication channels, the first thing that floods into any new commu- communication channel is noise. Yeah. Right. And it takes a while for it takes a while for the real value to come out in any given in any given channel. Okay, but the thing that pays your bills are loans. That's correct. Okay, so when did you realize that your passion was communication and how and then the next question would be, how did you how did you square that passion with being a guy who sells loans. Yeah. So when, when the market crashed in 2007, I, I, I learned how to use WordPress and uh, I started telling stories about how we help people understand the decisions around, uh, uh, around uh, buying a home and qualifying for a loan and, and what your situation is back then there was a lot of, a lot of noise. There was a lot of lies. There was a lot of misleading. Um, so I started writing and I learned how to do video and I started telling stories and, and started helping people to ask better questions so that they were better informed. And, and that's really what, what kind of set us apart. And, and today, and it was funny, I just put these numbers together for, for the presentation we did earlier this week. Um, in the last nine years, we've had over 2.2 million pages read on our website by over 1.1 million people and that blows your website yeah your lending website (laughs) yeah about about the boringest most horrible and all of that is organic all that is people typing questions into Google. So from a human behavior perspective people in India that you're paying no they're all they're all and in addition to that, there's over 7,000 people that have asked questions on our website that have answered those questions to the absolute best of my ability after being in the business for over 20 years. And and I think and, – but that is who I am genuinely. I'm a very empathetic person. I'm somebody who wants to help somebody um, feel confident that they're making good decisions. Um, that wasn't a moneymaker at first. The story that I tell is, is – um, I didn't. I couldn't associate my first paycheck from that activity uh, for eighteen months, and I wrote two to three articles a week for a year and a half before I could say that loan closed because of something that I published on the internet. Okay, tell us the story of the first loan that closed because of something you published on the internet. I'm curious to know when that moment happened and how it happened. Well, it it was just it it was. I mean, it was a strange evolution, and we don't want this to be the the the, the Scott show. Um, but but essentially, it was um, I had a unique uh, I, I had a unique product that I was telling people about, 
And, uh, and I initially started just emailing people individually about this product, the, my target market, and they kept asking the same questions and they wanted this, they wanted answers. So I figured, well, I'm going to write out the answer to all of this. And then instead of taking all these phone calls, I can just say, here's some more information about that. And eventually that became a library. And eventually those conversations evolved, uh, to the point where I know somebody specifically said, I saw, I found your website and I read your entire website and it sounds like you're the person that can solve my problem. And, uh, and we had a conversation with them and we, we got into, you know, we closed the loan. I mean, we may have had other phone calls or, or something that have come in from that, but that was kind of the first real time that, you know, that I, that they said, I read this article and uh, you seem like you can help. And, and we yeah. do. Yeah. So I'll tell you what I just heard out of that story. So what I heard was you were doing loans mm-hmm. like you were already doing loans. Well, you, nobody was doing too many loans between 2007 and 2009. <laughs> yeah. But you were doing enough to, to make it your full-time job. Barely. Yeah. Yes. So you were doing loans. You were out there selling loans like other people sell loans. More or less. I mean, you found a unique product and you were out there pitching it, like from a fundamentals level. Um, And then you started noticing, because you were out there actively shaking trees and seeing what was falling out, you started noticing a trend. Mm -hmm. And then you wrote about, it was, let me be clear, when I say a trend, I mean you noticed a problem. A pattern of questions that would come from people that were in the situation that I knew they were in. Right, right. So you noticed a problem and, and, and a pattern of questions. And then you, this is where your communication side kind of married up with your loan side because you said, well, I'm a good communicator. I know how to communicate the solutions to these problems. Mm-hmm. I have a passion for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to use my website to write all of this out. And then that was how the paths started to converge was you you were doing all this stuff on the side. It wasn't producing loans. You said for like 18 months. You're out there still selling loans like crazy. You're, you're figuring out more and more exactly what your demographic cares about. You're writing about it. And at some point, those two paths crossed. And that was how you started getting synergy between your passion and the thing that you do to make money. Right, right. Initially, it was – no, you're 100% right. Initially, it was just a an untested – um, hypothetical communication channel initially, <laughs> but we were saying the same things that we were trying to say to everybody. We were still trying to get in front of the same audience. Um, that was just an experiment. And can we communicate with them through this channel? And um, I mean, cause WordPress, I think w- was created in 2006. So this was only a couple of years after that. And it wasn't what it is today. It was a lot harder <laughs> to use and, uh, and things moved really quickly and things, things, sprung up really quickly back then and things died pretty really quickly back then but we knew the communication channel so you, you know what actually you're so you're bringing me to something which is which is another place this conversation always ends up is technology doesn't change who you are or what you do it just amplifies what you're already doing it's an augmenter it augments what you're so you are right we were scrambling to try to figure out how to sell loans in a world where we were the devil because every single night on the news you were hearing that mortgage brokers and these irresponsible greedy evil lenders were taking <laughs> advantage of people and just taking them out and so we were battling right. we were battling that reputation it was literally on the evening news every single night 
on how evil the lending industry was. <laughs> yeah. it, it was a it was a volatile time, and uh, and it was it was barren times too. I mean, people were scared to death. They thought everybody was like that. Yeah. So so I want to I want to really quickly touch on something here, uh, which you said, which was that technology is an amplification tool. It's not a tool to help people define who they are. Correct. And this actually gives me a chance to pivot to Ricardo because he, you're the technology expert. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Ricardo's like, <laughs> mommy. Um, so you're the technology expert. You sat down with a lot of real estate. I mean, how many real estate agents have you I, actually, I mean, I've lost count. count. All of them. I, yeah. All of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's probably fair to say over a thousand. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, especially if you include your big speaking engagements on various stages yeah. and stuff. I mean, it's thousands at that point. And, you know, you have these agents that come up to you and they're like, hey, Ricardo, I'm so excited about this tool you just told me about. And, you know, you sit down and you pitch them the tool. But somewhere in the back of your head, you're thinking, this is going to fail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're laughing because you know that. What, when you have that thought, like generally speaking, why do you have that thought? It's... It's not, I'm thinking this is going to fail is, um, when people come to me with products that are really, really excited about the products that they're looking at, yeah. but they're excited for all of the wrong reasons. Like what? They're sold on what they were promised. The sizzle. They were sold on the sizzle. And what I want them to think about is the outcome. What outcome are you trying to achieve? And you know, what surprises me now, and you and I talk about this all the time, Scott and I talk about this all the time, is I'm product agnostic now when I go out and I have these meetings and I talk to people about what is the desired outcome you're trying to achieve. Yeah. I'm not pushing any one particular product. I'm pushing a set of solutions that will help you achieve that outcome. And I think, you know, when somebody says, look at this, this is amazing. I want to use this. It's they bought into that sizzle. Well, my first question is, how does it fit into what you're already doing? Right. How does it make what you're already doing easier? How does it make you more efficient? How does it allow you to spend? That's a hard question because I mean, I feel like if I'm an agent and I'm in the place that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, right? Like I don't have my sense of identity and, I'm being driven by FOMO, fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. And so if you were to say that to me, I'd be like, well, it doesn't fit in, but like I'm, what I'm doing is chaos, which is why I'm going to Ricardo because the sizzle is order. The sizzle is automation, right? Well, most, most technologies are sold as easy buttons. Most of them are sold (laughs) as this will solve all of your life's problems by doing this one thing. And it, and it really doesn't. It just, it, it and the problem is, you put all of this time, time, energy, and um, hope into this solution, and then as soon as you get it and you pull it out of the package, you're like, "Oh wow, this isn't." You're like, "Okay, now work, <laughs> work," and it doesn't do. You have to right. do the work, right? And you have to build it in, and you have to fit it into <clears throat> your sales pitch, or you have to fill it into your fit it into your value proposition. And then you have to deal with what if somebody asks you a question about it that goes beyond what the salesperson told you it could do. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to put I'm going to put a little bit of pressure on Ricardo here for a second though because yeah, let's do that. Yeah, <laughs> good times. Have I all? So so you ask. I'm I'm an agent. I'm coming to you. I'm all excited about the sizzle, and you say to me, Dustin, what outcome do you want? I'm like Ricardo. <laughs> 
dude, obviously, yeah. <laughs> Scott, Scott, Scott's, you know, putting his fingers together like it's, you know, the money, right? Like it's all about closing deals. Like I want more listings and I want to get more commissions or whatever, right? In escrow, I could easily just be like, I want to, you know, close more escrows. Or Scott says, I want to close more loans. That seems like an easy question to answer. So why is that you the need, thing? You need leads and you need automation. Okay. But that's why I'm coming to you because you know how to make, you're the wizard. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, I mean, why, why does just looking at the outcome, are, are you saying that people are coming to you asking for technology, but they don't know what they want out of it? Like, really? They don't know that they want more business? No, it's, um, so Scott and I have had these meetings all the time where people are saying they've used one product and they're vendor hopping yeah, from one vendor to another, to another, to another, mm-hmm. and saying, uh, the leads weren't any good. So can you go in 50, 50 and, and we'll, what is it? We'll, we'll, we'll split the cost and we'll buy this new product because their lead source is amazing. Okay. That's when we look at their business, like your problem isn't a lead problem. Your problem is a contact and conversion problem. So I guess what I'm saying is most people like they, it's easy to say, I want more leads. I want more of this. I want more of that. But there, I, I feel like most people are failing to put a system together, failing to put a process together. That's exactly it. A, a, a successful business. Think of a successful business as like an old timey watch with no face. And you just yeah. see all of the gears that work together. And when these gears are all working together, it's keeping perfect time. Mm-hmm. All technology is, is replacing those gears. So it's like, because the system has to work or it's not going to keep time. Your business Business has to already work. And by replacing a gear isn't going to make it keep better time necessarily. And, mm-hmm. and that's the problem is most people don't have the system. They don't have the clock already built. And then they're trying to improve efficiencies. They're looking for this watch said it could keep better time than this watch, but they don't understand that they have to, it's a watch kit is what they're buying. So when they get it, then now they have to put all the pieces together and get it to all work together. Because like Ricardo said, everybody says, I want more leads because more leads are going to result in more money. (laughs) But they don't. They result in um, requiring more time from you to keep track of all of them. Uh, more discipline from you to continue to follow up on them, mm-hmm. um, more a longer thought process to what happens if they're not ready to buy now. Do I throw that money away or do I put them into some sort of mechanism or some sort of system? This is our flywheel. This is the flywheel that we continuously talk about. I don't know if we've ever dove into the flywheel in depth, um, but uh, that's what we're talking about is these pieces all have to work together. Right. That's our offline conversation. Which users can find it in our community <laughs> section. Which what strikes me is because every time we do this, Ricardo says, yeah, Scott and I talk about this all the time. And the, reality, the reality is, is we actually do. Yeah. So I'm wondering who the hell are we that all we do is sit around and talk about this stuff all the time. <laughs> uh, it seems like we do. Nerd. 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 <laughs> okay. So let's, let's tie some things together because we got some pieces floating out here right now. So, the, the kind of the idea is I'm a, I'm an agent. I don't know who I am relative to my competition. That's where we started, right? I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm feeling like I'm floating out there in a sea of many. Um, and Scott had talked about identifying your passions, right? And, uh, and doing the thing you're supposed to be doing, but then also fleshing out the thing that you're passionate about. Cause that's where you're going to get your community. That's where you're going to get your messaging. That's where you're going to get lots of interesting things. You had this conversation yesterday with somebody. 
Yeah. We sat down for a meeting and they want to do stuff that's kind of outside of who they are. That it's kind of off brand, right? Uh, uh, which one are you thinking um, about? Um, our, which our one? How many of these conversations <laughs> did you have? <laughs> we had a couple yesterday. Our appointment in Newport. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Coldwell. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So let me, let me get to that. Cause that's, 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 yeah, that's a good thought. So, so we got all this stuff happening on the technology or on the, you know, discover who you are side. And then Ricardo comes in and says, I got all these people, they're vendor hopping. They want these tools to solve their problems. Right. Uh, they don't know what they're aiming at. That's, that's what I heard you saying. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, they say they want more leads, but they don't really know what they're aiming at. And Scott, you just brought up a good point that leads are just more work. It's just different work. Like fundamentally, if you replace a cog in your system um, and, uh, you know, with a better cog, it's still kind of the same system. So what I want to try and, and square here is how does your identity with figuring out who you are, how should that inform your system? Right. Because no, there's you see where I'm going with that? You have to, uh, I don't know if I know where you're going with it, but I know where yeah, I went, what is that where I went with it. What it went with me is identifying what your what what your strengths are, what your core strengths are, and then not trying to do everything. Right. And it's not and this is kind of what we talked about before is the the actually this is a conversation we, Ricardo and I had yesterday, <laughs> another time we had a conversation. Um we were sitting down with an agent and um and he was doing everything himself, but he was doing an amazing job of it. But there was still a lot of stuff that was slipping through the cracks. Mm-hmm. And and at the end of the conversation, as we kept going, we were like, listen, you're moving in the right direction, but you need to get somebody else to do this piece. You need to introduce this piece of automation to do this piece. And why? So that so that he can focus more time on, on being out there and doing what his strength was, which is actually communicating with the people and having conversations conversations with people that are coming into a system doing the high level work not the well the thousand dollar an hour work not the you can hire somebody to do it work but entrepreneurs have a really difficult time saying well they're not going to do as good a job as i could or they're not going to do this and that's just the perils of 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 just being an entrepreneur and thinking you're the only one that can do everything okay so a phrase i want to introduce here to the conversation is highest and best use of your time yeah. And I think that that needs to define the system, right? This is where I think Absolutely. Ricardo feels that tension yeah. is it's like we can build all these tools, but like it's going to produce something that's not the highest and best use of your time. The tools are designed to take things off of your plate so that you can spend you can spend your time where it's the highest and best use. Absolutely. Yeah. Which and the only way you can really know that is to know who you are, because, like, for example, um, the highest and best use of Ricardo's time. Uh, potentially going in like going in cold and developing new business relationships, for example, he's really relatable, shockingly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, but he's super relatable. He's this outgoing guy. He likes to be on stages and whatever. The highest and best use of his time is probably not the highest and best use of my time, which is for example, sitting back and thinking about process and designing systems and asking questions in a kind of one-on-one setting. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Ricardo brought up the example of the Coldwell meeting we had yesterday with an agent team and it was really interesting because Ricardo's designed this whole system for him and, you know, he's been helping guiding them through the implementation of it. Um, and then at the end of the meeting, you know, they were all excited about what we were producing and they said, you know, our broker has been drilling on us to do an expired campaign. And I kind of looked at him like, so what? <laughs> and, 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 you know, they're like, well, you know, we're thinking about how we're going to do it. I said, why would you do an expired campaign? Because you're, your team's brand, their brand is white glove service. 
their brand is mm-hmm. mostly professionals who are between the ages of like 45 and 65 people who started a bit late uh, in having families because they were laying this strong foundation with their professional careers and getting themselves sort of financially prepared. And the reason that that's their demographic is because that's who their team lead. Uh, they're a team, the head realtor, that's, that's his story. And he resonates with those people, yeah. right? And we identified that in one of our very first meetings before we ever built any systems at all. It was, you know, like uh, one of the questions I ask, for example, when I sit down with people, is I say, okay, if I were to take your client base from the past two years, I put every one of them in a room. What's true of 75% of those people? Mm-hmm. Talk to me about their age. Talk to me about their annual income. Talk to me about the stage in life they're in. Talk to me about the home that they're in right now. Talk to me about the home they want to buy. You're right? building a customer avatar. I mean, yeah. that's the way we talk about it in, in nerd marketing trench speak. Yeah. But the way that the rest of the world thinks about it is these are the people I just organically synergize with, right? Like at some point you start seeing these similarities and that's who, that's who you are, right? And it's like, where does expireds fit into this demographic? And the answer is it, it could, but I said, you know, what if you just, instead of trying to like roll out this expired campaign and be, and put, make yourself like you were saying earlier, Scott, your best outcome is that you're a Jones, right? Like you're some agent who does an expired campaign that happens to work, but like how many agents are doing expired campaigns? Tons, tons of agents. (laughs) Well, the broker is telling every agent in that office to do it. (laughs) Right. So it's like pack of Jones this way. Right. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, so what if instead of doing that, you focus a hundred percent of your energy for the next year on just nailing the thing that your demographic happens okay. to care about, which is what I heard in your story, Scott, at the mm-hmm. beginning of this podcast, where it's like you weren't selling all loans to all people. You had certain loan products that you were on fire about that you thought were interesting, and you started selling them, and people started asking questions about them. And then that afforded you an opportunity to speak to a level uh, of sophistication that clearly some people were looking for because some nerd on the internet use the Google thing <laughs> to find your website. And then he read all of it. Yeah. Which in reverse chronological order. Yeah. I mean, and that, that really takes, I mean, you know, you're speaking to a specific demographic, but I mean, that's like the most extreme example, but it was happening and it could have been happening a lot more. And it fundamentally came from who you were. It didn't come from the fact that you happened to WordPress. Right. And, and, and while it started with one specific product to a very, very narrow demographic, it expanded to um, very common challenges that many people will have if they're just a little bit outside the box. So what we ended up specializing in, uh, quite honestly, is um, is is um, helping guide people who, if they talk to somebody less experienced than we did, they would most likely get the wrong answer. They would be told yes when the answer was no, or they would be told no when the answer was yes. And the person wasn't didn't believe that the answer that they were getting was the right answer, so they went searching online. And then those are the people. So yeah, so we 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 went after a specific. We knew that if this is your circumstance in life, a big a big example is student loan. We are experts at how to help people that have student loans. There are a million loan officers out there 
have no clue on what the guidelines are. So uh, we specialize in solving those problems. We know all of the guidelines, all the loopholes, all of the different options, and uh, and we have conversations about that. So that's a very broad um, that's a broad thing. But and and to your to your point, that's exactly what what that team did is is he's talking to people at, about his life experience, and so he's going to 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 attract those types of people and you're you're absolutely right instead of trying to figure out what everybody else is doing how do you double down and do more of what you're already good at yeah so you've done a number of coaching programs mm-hmm. um in the last few minutes of this episode if people are now convinced that they can't start with technology they have to start with who they are because that tells them what they're aiming at and then when they know what they're aiming at they can sit down with a guy like ricardo and ask about the technology and he's not going to give them that sideways look of um, this isn't like, what outcome do you actually care about? Right. Cause they're going to know Scott, what, uh, what questions have you come across in your coaching programs that have just been eye opening for you and helping you figure out who you are? I don't know that there are specific questions. I, I, I think the biggest thing that I learned is that the world doesn't evolve around you. I mean, that was probably the biggest lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the biggest mind shift for me was getting super comfortable with the fact that you don't have to do everything yourself and kind of stepping outside. Um, and then the call that I was on, um, the call that I was on today, um, actually with a, with, with a coach. Um, and I think that's also another thing is, is, um, I'm not quite sure how to put this, but the the conversations that are most valuable to me with, with coaches and, and mentors are not in our industry and they're not about my specific problem necessarily, but they're more about how you think about your business hmm. because it's, it's almost, um, you and you don't always have to pay for people to 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 do this, but there are people that specialize in this. But if I were to get a if if you know you don't need a coach in your industry, um, join groups or networking groups that aren't in your industry. Talk to other business owners and how they're solving problems. That's where I learned the most that I ever I ever learned um, was being in groups and being in coaching groups. I was in. Um, it used to be called tech. It's called Vistage now, and it's all C-level company owners, and you would do eight hours once a month, and they would get into a room, and they would just talk about their challenges, and every single person in that room was from a different industry, and what is a fascinating when you do that is that running a business is almost the same is is they all have the same challenges. Right. And I would say probably the number one thing that I also took away is differentiating or separating what you do from how you run a business, because that's the biggest, that's the biggest challenge. What does that mean? Because most, most entrepreneurs, the reason why 70% of entrepreneurs go out of business within three years, and then 70% of those go out of business within the next two years is because they're a good practitioner. And being a good practitioner is different from being a good business owner. A business is a completely different machine than being good at running real estate. And then when you can get somebody to do the real estate pieces and you focus on running a business, um, which is getting all of the pieces together, you know this, you're a young guy running a big business here. It is different than knowing how to do escrow. Right. Right. Running a business has nothing to do with, with doing escrow. Right. <laughs> so being able to separate that, that's when I realized where my highest and best use was. And it wasn't necessarily underwriting alone. It was 
it was building an organization that had this, 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 um, this approach to how we solve people's problems. So that I, I think, I don't know if that answered your question, but that's really where, where I got the most value was, was not on trying to solve a specific problem, but a lot of it was kind of perspective. Yeah. So maybe that's, maybe that's part of it in identifying who you are. It's getting a sense of perspective as to what you're doing that is building a business and what are you doing that's building a product mm-hmm. um, or selling a product or selling a product. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's more accurate. Correct. Um, I'll say that, you know, some of the questions I had to wrestle through with this company, for example, it's really interesting that you, you make that point because there was a period of years where I was running this company. I don't have escrow experience, right? Most people who run escrow companies, they started their, you know, they started in escrow and they, they work their way up and then they decided to strike out on their own. And that's kind of why they run an escrow company. Right. Um, and so I held myself to this standard of thinking like I have to be, this super expert on escrow before I have any business running an escrow company. Mm. And it wasn't until I sort of disabused myself of that notion. It wasn't until I recognized that I can have people who are experts on escrow. Uh, I know, I understand the escrow process from a high level. I know what to look for, especially as regards to creating liability for a business of escrow. Right. Um, I couldn't do an escrow file from open to close, but that's not my job. My job is to understand why escrow is valuable to people, why they would want to buy it, and then helping to try and continue to innovate. And it wasn't until I I made that separation in my mind. And I'm like, okay, my strengths are in the business side, and also my position needs me to be strong in the business side. That then I was able to sort of liberate my mind to be like, okay, well, now what does it look like to be Dustin, the guy who's running the escrow business, the way that Dustin would run the escrow business, not the way that Dustin sort of preconceived notion of what the ideal escrow CEO who sat a desk and then launched a company would be. You know what I mean? Like I was holding myself to a bad standard. So that's really interesting because this kind of almost circles back to our, your opening statement is, is who you are and what this and that being the wrong question, but maybe in some sense it, it, it also is the right question, but with a really, really brutal and difficult answer that needs to be given so are you the practitioner are you the person that really loves doing escrow do not start a business right right, yeah. right? so 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 what you do is you find the the best business owner that shares your values and and the way that you want to work and you connect with that team and this is a really big disconnect that i think a lot of entrepreneurs make is they're afraid we were just talking about this yesterday. (laughs) Seriously, we should just have that on a loop. And we just say, that's what we were talking about yesterday (laughs) because we literally did, which is really sad, but, but it's, 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 I'm really good at this one thing. So if you're really good at high level and putting things together, then you look for people that are looking for structure. But if you know that you yourself just love that, just love talking to the people and being in the streets, don't try to be, don't try to run the business part of it because you're going to end up ruining all of it. Right. So find a team or connect with somebody that provides that level of that level of support. And I think that's that distinction. And that's that, 
know thyself part that, you know, really don't try to be somebody who you're not, that never works, you know, because it just doesn't come across. It's either going to, uh, you're not going to make a good connection with the consumer because you're worrying about different stuff, or you're going to give them a really bad experience because you're just really bad at giving a good experience. <laughs> you're good at communicating, but maybe the whole end-to-end piece, yeah. knowing escrow from A to Z, that might not be your gig, Right. And so maybe that if, if, if you're feeling like you're one of many, probably that feeling is inspired by the fact that you have no traction in your business or you have very little traction and you see people that have amazing traction. And the reason you don't have traction per what you just said, Scott, is people are doing the thing that's not the highest and best use of their time. It's not who they are. They're the, they're the loan processor who's trying to be the loan CEO guy who, you know, with the big team and whatever. It's because we get impatient. Yeah, well, we, we get impatient, and also the 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 perceived leaders or mentors in our industries, um, they they like to only tell the success stories. Mm. They like to yeah. don't believe yeah. the hype. That's the thing that I would tell everybody is don't believe the hype. The stories you hear out there, the podcasts, the speakers, especially the speakers, they're only telling you what they think that you want to hear. They're not telling you you're not getting the background. You don't know what that path is. And, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of half truths and a lot of, uh, a lot of people's motivations aren't always to necessarily help you individually. So, um, yeah, that's a, so, so I mean, that's a big with, challenge. It's easy to get distracted in this business, uh, especially because it's a sales based business. So start with who you are and you need to answer that question and what you love and what you love and who you serve, right? Yeah. Who, yeah. who has been your past it. demo? Um, and, and look at all that. Look where those things align. And once you know that, you know, write that down. Don't just keep it in your head. Put it, put it somewhere where you can externalize it and view it when you forget. Because your brain's going to get distracted and noisy. And you're going to need to just visually reference it in order to stay kind of to true north. Once you've done that, then figure out what you're aiming at. And once you're ready to, uh, you know, once you figured out what you're aiming at, then you can come into the marketing trench and start really building your systems, right? You're going to build your message. You're going to build your tools. You're going to have passion because it's all about you. It's not, you know, you trying to do some campaign that the Joneses are doing. Yeah. Uh, and that's the way forward. And I think, you know, if you're someone out there who is trying to figure out who you are and what you're about, we've got some, we've got some tools we can provide for you in our community. Check out the show notes for how to engage in, you know, how to download those free resources and how to, uh, just ask questions of the rest of our community because we've all been on this journey. Like you said, mm-hmm. Scott, I mean, don't believe the hype. These people are just like, I was born and then greatness fell upon me. It's like, okay, <laughs> you're the one. Yeah, you're the one. I was wondering who you were. Um, you know, don't believe that. Get, get in with our community. We're real here. We're all in the trench. We're getting dirty. You know, we're making mistakes. We're hitting the gas line. Hopefully we're not hitting the gas line. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're learning as we go. And, and, and today it was about who we are. Um, so, yeah. Check out the community. And uh, until next time, this has been the Marketing Trench Podcast. Yeah.